Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back again uh, for the bye week, round 12 coming up. Billy, we've waited all year for this, spoken about it ad nauseum for the last month especially, and finally the big bye week's here, mate. Yeah, mate, as we thought, Murray and all the good bye planners are out, but there's plenty of uh, plenty of good stuff left, mate, so looking forward to ripping it in. <laughs> yep, same, same, mate. So did you have a good week leading up until the buys, Billy, at least? Yeah, mate. Um, uh, good one last week. I was um, sitting on a monster until I, um, my couple of pods crashed and burned like everyone else's. So ended up with about 1,300. So would have liked a bit more, but um, beggars can't be choosers, mate. So happy with that. That's awesome, mate. I had the worst week I've had in about three months. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I, was, I was on a massive roll yeah. and it just all... Just all fell apart. I've, I felt like that I made some really good choices getting in guys like Cody Walker a month ago and stuff. And bloody Cody Walker, I went. I've I've nailed my captaincy choices all year, and I went. You know what? Let's not go safe. You've been making some really good calls on the captaincy stuff. Let's just go Cody Walker, and I got a big forty points from my captain. <laughs> yeah, that's not good, mate. The uh, the thing I enjoyed about um, most about last week was the, was the um, all the guys that were supposed to sort of fall over actually fell over. So you know, Gutherson came back to earth a little bit. Um, Latrell obviously didn't score. Was one of those weeks where he didn't score 160. It was just nice to get a couple of those sort of uh, scores come back to earth. But a lot, like you mentioned, with Walker, been sick of seeing him sort of score 80, 90, 100 every week. So it was. Sorry, sorry to hear it, it kills you, but for me, personally, it was nice to see a, a non-try scoring round and just even that, even just a little bit. Well, it had happened eventually, didn't So, I mean, hopefully that's his one, but I, I was hovering around the um, the months to see as well, and I didn't do it, and that wasn't that much better anyway, <laughs> but um, the other option was um, Damien Cook, so I don't really want to talk about it too much. Let's move on and jump into the pod. So, for all the listeners, um, we didn't do mailbag this week, which you may have noticed because we didn't go out there and ask for listener questions because we've got a few different segments that we're going to do. Uh, so, first off, we're just going to have a quick chat about the State of Origin team uh, and the impact on Supercoach and stuff, just really briefly. Uh, then we've got a really great buy segment where we're going to discuss six pods that we've identified as point of difference players that are very lowly owned uh, that could be quite good this week. Um, and then we're going to discuss the main cheapies for the buy round this week as well because that's important too. Then we'll run straight into the TLT as always. But first of all, Billy, you're up in the Queensland side of things. I'm down in New South Wales, so I guess it's on between us. Why don't you talk me through the Queensland side? What did you like about it? What were you surprised about? Um, I like seeing Ponga in there. Um, uh, obviously, strength, strengthens them a lot. Um, Cherry coming back. If he's if he's fit and healthy, that's one hell of a spine they've got in there. Um, although, as a New South Welshman, don't like seeing Ponga in there because I think he can single-handedly kind of destroy any team. Um, <clears throat> I think the fact that you've got uh, Cherry Munster and Ponga in, in that spine probably scares us a little bit. Puts, puts it back more of a 50-50 type... Um, um, uh, game, uh, even though it's in Queensland, mate. Uh, the only thing I'll say about, against, about Queensland, though, is um, I think the forward 
Arrow's probably looking forward to be a big bopper up there. I'm not... Um, Gillette and Kofushi don't really scare me that much. Maguire is just a, a, a good, hard origin player. But there's no looks like Gordon Tallis, Shane Webke type forward up there, which really kind of scares the crap out of me. So I think their back line's a lot better than their, than their forwards. Um, I'm not really impressed with their bench. But um, so how do you see that line up against the, uh, the Blues, mate? Yeah, I don't think there was too many surprises with the Queensland side. Um, one thing that I was a little bit surprised about is Jared Wallace, not just even just getting admitted, but not even put on the bench, and then not even putting the reserves with Glasby, Milford, and Capel making up jerseys 18 to 20. Uh, I was pretty surprised. I don't think Wallace has been that terrible this year, and I'm I'm kind of like you. I don't really like the bench. I think Dylan Napa is a good one on the bench, and he will go out there and smash some guys, but he's probably the only one in that pack that's going to have that real aggression. Um, so I get why they picked him on the bench, but... You know, Joe Offangawi, you know, got benched by the Broncos because of his form. And Fafita's a young kid who's on the bench. Maybe you can take a flyer on one of them. But I think, you know, throwing both of them on there. And, you know, Wallace is a bit of a big bopper. Yeah, a little bit surprised about that. Um, and Moses Mbai, I just don't, I don't even really know what they're going to do. Because there was talk that Josh Maguire might even spend time at hooker. And Mbai's just there to cover the back line. So, not really sure, mate. Like, I, I don't like their bench. And um, I don't like their centres either. Like, I think Will Chambers is past being a first-grade player, let alone being an NRL, um, an NRL origin player. And then, yeah, mate, like you said, that spine scares me to bits. Um, the, the spine is probably better than what ours is, um, even though Ben Hunt's not a hooker. Um, yeah, mate, they've got um, I just noticed Queensland have five blokes who have played five before in first grade. Ponga, Morgan, Munster, Cherry, Hunt and Moses. Jeez, they've got a lot of creativity between those players, don't they? They've got a lot of ball players and a lot of um, uh, real good playmakers. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how they play it. Um, New South Wales side of things, mate, pretty close to what I picked. I actually threw out a, um, a uh, Origin team myself um, for the uh, NRL SC All-Stars Twitter account. And the starting 13, aside from Nick Kotrick, was pretty much on the money on what I would have done. So I can't really complain too much. It's exactly the same team I would have picked. Kotrick was the only, uh, I guess, bolter, but it looked like he was going to make it. I would have had Fergo there, but I understand why um, Freddie's gone without that because he's obviously not wanting Fergo in camp. Um, he's put a black line through him. Um, but the bench, I was a bit surprised about. So it looked like Cam Murray and Crichton was going to be on the bench. I actually preferred to have Ryan Madison, not 18th man, as the utility instead of Jack Whiten. Because Madison can, you know, he can play six easily. He, he's already played a few games at six this year. He can also play centre, and he could also push, like, Cody Walker to, to fullback. And, you know, you can basically shuffle everything around. And Cam Murray could jump in and hooker if you needed to. So I just reckon that we're missing that bigger body ourselves as well on the bench. Um, well, they've already got one big one in the house, and you've seen how good Murray is. So I suppose, I suppose I've got kind of enough there that, yeah, uh, Madison would have added some size there as well. Yeah, my, my my response to that team is pretty much the same as yours, mate. I think White was the only real sort of surprise. The rest of the team was only ever going to be a 50-50 between uh, Kotrick and Fergo and the Morris and whoever else they wanted to throw there. So um, no, no surprises in the team, but I'm pretty excited to see Payne Haas in there, that's for sure. Yeah, I am as well. Um, I think he's going to go well. I like the pick because we needed some size on the bench uh, and we don't really have that aside from Haas. Supercoach relevancy in the in the Queensland and New South Wales sides. For me, and you can let me know, for you, I was absolutely gutted that all those halves went down because I reckon that Luke Keary was going to get that six jumper. 
So Cody Walker, uh, I thought that I was going to have playing this week. Um, and I was hoping, you know, three or four weeks ago, I was going to have Cam Murray playing out of the New South Wales side as well. And then, you know, obviously with the drop-off in form of Nathan Cleary, I thought, wow, I might even get Walker, Cleary and Cam Murray playing, you know, three weeks ago when I was thinking about it. But those are the guys that broke my heart for the New South Wales side for Supercoach. Yeah, you and a few others, but I kind of thought Walker was a bit too close to making that team, so there's no way I was grabbing him last week. Um, it was also one last chance, chance at sort of hope, hoping the pod sort of crashed and burned and dropped a bit in price, so... Um, what are you, are you going to keep him or what are you going to do? It's a toss-up between Cody Walker and Munster. Uh, and I think that I'm not going to trade either of them this week. And I'm going to sort of reassess in round 13 because I do want to get RTS in and my 5-8 and fullback spots are stacked. So someone's got to give. Um, both Munster and Cody Walker have got around 120 BEs or, so, or something like that. So, yeah, I'm going to have to trade one of them over this buy period just to have... Um, a gun player in there for round 16. I've seen your 20 cent coin, mate. <laughs> Was there any in the Queensland or New South Wales team that were named that, that sort of killed your super coach hopes for this week, or you pretty much avoided them all? No, no, I um, avoided it. Uh, everyone apart from the um, obvious that everyone else has got in, in Murray, um, um, sold Arrow. Um, so, yeah, no, no real concerns there. Well, hopefully it's a good um, series. It looks like both teams are named pretty good sides, so I reckon it's going to be a good one. Up in Queensland, I think it's going to be a close one. But let's move on to the, the buy planning. So now that all these players have left their respective club sides, there's a lot of holes. And there's not too many games this week, but hopefully everybody's been planning for them. One of the good things is that uh, a lot of teams that were planning have probably set themselves up well where they've got a lot of the either heavily owned or heavily wanted guns like a Tomalolo and so forth in their side already. Um, so some teams are going to have the benefit of being able to go grab a pod because they've already got all the big guns in their side ready to go. And there is six pods there um, for this round that we've identified that we're going to have a chat about. Just to put a disclaimer out there now, you know, people are pods for a reason. Um, they're not guaranteed that they're going to fire, um, but they are ones that either have some upside or opportunity uh, or could kick on or could provide some good value this week. So if you want to take a punt on someone and your team's relatively safe, maybe one of these guys might be worth taking a punt on. And the first guy I actually took a punt on last week because I wanted to get him in early, and that's uh, Billy Kickow. So Kickow is only priced at 468k at the moment. He's only 6% owned, so he's definitely a pod. The big thing for him, Billy, is that he's got a 55 average for the year, which isn't fantastic at all. But if you dig a bit deeper in the numbers, he's actually averaging 63 points in his 80-minute games. And the last two weeks, he's gone back to playing 80 minutes. So he wasn't getting those minutes before. It looks like he's going to be getting 80 minutes this week and going forward. Obviously, the negative for him, though, is his consistency hasn't been great. He still looks slightly laboring out there, like he might still be not 100%. And he's got a pretty poor base of only 37 per game at the moment on the year, although it's a little bit higher in his 80-minute games. So, Billy Kickow, mate, what do you think of him? No, I'm not really a fan, mate. He's um, He needs to go over the line in order to be relevant, and his base is too low. He's scoring sort of um, 40s um, in, the, in those 80-minute games. Uh, actually, just a quick question. Did you, when you say 80-minute games, did you include only his three 80-minute games or the ones where he was very close because there was a 77? That would have got left out because of the um, 
the the data mining was just looking at eighty minute games. So yeah, you're right. There yeah. was um there yeah, was some okay. other ones, but so it would have dropped slightly more. It probably would have been more around sixty points a game in his eighty minute yeah. to seventy seven minute one. Yeah, I'm going to steer clear of him. Um, I don't like that base. I think it's horrendous, um, especially given the form that the Panthers are in at the moment. The only prop up there. I'll I reckon I can give is that uh, probably two things. The, the pod factor, um, he's still low ownership. And you know for a fact that he can barge over two tries. He can be that one guy that gives you a ton, but I wouldn't want to bank on it. Um, and I wouldn't want to have to play him again next week um, in case he comes back to earth with one of those 42s again. Um, however, he's on the left side. That's where Maloney plays. Um, clear is out this week. So he'll be, he'll be on Maloney's hip again. So that, that might be one thing in his favour as normally. Yeah, I I actually quite like him, but I say that I quite like him, and at the same time I'll say I'm really frustrated by him because he I agree with you, he's been poor and his base is horrendous, and his base has been consistently horrendous. He his base has been um, between 31 and 39 points every single game he's played this year. He hasn't even hit 40s in base, so it is terrible. So you do have to know what you're getting in for. Um, I did know what I was getting in for. Um, the reason why I do like him still is because. Playing against Manly at Pepper Stadium this week, uh, off Maloney again, uh, I think that he's got a really good shot at going over for a try. And I think that it's got one of those, you know, 8TB, two-line break, um, one-try performances written all over him. Um, And it it is going to be the first game of the round. So I can see it as a sneaky VC option even, um, if he goes over. And when he has gone over the three times... um, you know, he did have a poor score of um, you know seventy points with his last try, but the other two he had seventy eight and eighty eight points. And in a buy round, if you can get an eighty eight point um, from a VC in the first game, it's starting to become close to loop worthy um, for the buy. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, he's got the Roosters next week, which isn't as good, and then Souths. Um, but the Roosters might be a little bit depleted from Origin, and he does hit the Warriors before round sixteen. Uh, where he could go well as well. So I think it's risky, but because of his low ownership and because of the lack of punchy forwards that I think can go for a try this week, uh, I'm banking on him to score, and, and I jumped on, but I understand your hesitation, mate. Yeah, um, he is at home too, um, so he's going to have that advantage. He's, he's, so he's going to have the, um, the entire um, Penrith Hemisphere um, supporting him. Um, the only other thing is he, he's up against Manly. Who, who actually? So he runs left side. Who defends right side against him? Is that going to be um, um, Thompson or Ciro? Uh I'm pretty sure it's going to be Ciro. Um All right. So so he'll have he'll, so he'll have Ciro and and Walker. That because uh, Garrick's going to centre. So I'm assuming he's going to the left centre. So it'll be um, Ciro Walker and uh, Ciro Walker and the young kid Bisky, won't it? Yeah, if I'm right on those so, sides. Yeah, and either uh, Elgie, Elgie or Cuss. So it'll be it's probably not the uh, the worst edge to get through. So if you're banking on him, on him having a try, um, it's probably the week to, the week and, and the type of team to go through. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even look at what, what edge he was hitting because I just sort of saw uh, Cuss was having a good crack, but he's not the biggest kid. Um, and then Elgie's on the other side, so I didn't really mind which one of those guys he was going to target. I sort of thought he would go through either of them the way he plays, but yeah. Yeah, look, given that given that um, Maloney's a dominant half and he's predominantly going to play at left side, although he'll move across the field. Um, if you're going to bank on anyone scoring this week, then yeah, I, that that left pet, pet the left side uh, not, not the worst, is it? 
No, it's not. And looking a bit long term, and I mean, we've spoken about this a bit before, Billy, in the buy planning segments. When when I'm looking at um, guys to get in from round 12, there's a couple little boxes I'd like to tick. One of them is if I'm going to get someone in and have to trade them out later and not keep them, I'd like them to have a you know a negative BE potentially so I can platform to someone else for round 16. Alternatively, the other option is to get someone in that might have the potential to be a keeper or to even be an 18th or 19th man for the run home. Looking well ahead, obviously the Panthers have the round 16 buy, but I was really enticed by their run from round 17 home. So from round 17, the Panthers hit the Gold Coast at home, St. George at home, the Raiders at home. So that's three games in a row at Pepper Stadium. Uh, then they hit the Bulldogs away, Cronulla at home, and then they've got a few away games where it's the Broncos and the Cowboys, and then they finish with the Roosters and the Knights. So the last couple of games aren't as good, but there's at least a month of football there straight after the bye where if he's 6% owned, uh, you know, I could see him going well against the Titans. Um, the Dragons have got the third or fourth worst edge defense for Supercoach points at the moment, and they're depleted. Then he's got the Raiders at home, who are a bit better defensively, but then he hits the Dogs. So, I mean, that month of football after round 16 as well was a bit enticing, where I thought maybe I can grab a kick-out run and just sort of keep him around. Yep, just pick and choose your games, mate. Yeah, got to pick and choose. Um, so the next guy we're going to talk about, Billy, is another Ford. He's a guy that you've liked before, um, but he's been absolutely horrendous this year, and he got admitted from the Queensland Origin side based on his form. Cohen Hess... Um, not a good option this this year at all, but there has been a few changes. He's only 2% owned, um, so he is going to be a definite pot at the moment and a real, real big one. Um, he's costing 390k at the moment. That's one of the positives. He's extremely cheap. He's only got a 38 VE, and he's got 43 points per game for the year, um, and it, it's possible that he's going to stick to 80 minutes now because he's um, got his... 80 minutes down last week or the last game I'm sorry because he missed a game with a groin injury and it looks like that he's going to get that 80 minutes back which is key because he was playing minutes in the 50s before and that's just not going to do anything for him the big thing for me Billy is he got a lot of his points last year as a try scoring forward he's only got one try all year that he scored Um, so I can see upside if he's starting and playing 80 minutes again they are playing the Titans Um, this week, so they don't even have to leave Queensland for that one, even though it's away. Titans obviously give up points. He's going to be running and trying to score some tries, and then they have a great draw coming up from that. So Titans for the bye, Um, then Manly at home, Tigers at home, and St. George away before we hit the bye in round 16. So potentially he might go on a bit of a run and make some coin from that 390k, and maybe even put up some points this week against the Titans. I can see where you're coming from, but my I really wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. Um, it's too much of a risk um, for me. I think um, when when JT was around, he was really, really running off him really well. Um, that was the reason why he was going so well. Um, you could bank on him only playing sort of 50 minutes and he'd punch a decent score because he'd, he'd, he'd just, he was like Lalo on the edge, just consistently going over the line. Um, without JT there and Morgan being out of form and Morgan not even being there this week. I just couldn't go near him, mate. Even even if you look at those 80-minute games, um, he's played four this, four this year already, 80 minutes for a 50, a 45, 33, and a 51. I, I, I just wouldn't want to take the risk on a bottom bloke like that. I'd, I'd much rather move someone like um, 
the core of now up just for this week and get um, one of those cheap seven three quarters. You can punch that same type of base in. Yeah, I can't. It's hard for me to disagree with you because he's been bad. The thing with Cohen Hess has always been that he's um his base has been really low, so he needs some attacking stats. He's very similar to Kikau. He's only got a thirty eight in base. The last couple of weeks, he's actually had base in the 40s, though. He did a 44 base last week, which is a little bit more pleasing. But, yeah, he's been horrendous. Uh, it would be a massive shot in the dark. And I think that I would be interested if my team was already set and really stable and I didn't really have any risky players and I had all the guns that I wanted for this week and I wanted to downgrade someone, like, say, if I wanted to... Um, you know, I'm, I'm trading Murray this week. I don't really want to hold Murray. I don't think he's going to back up from Origin and he's going to miss the next two weeks. If I wanted to um, bank, you know, 250k in cash and try and get a forward that might make some money and, and grab a few tries, um, Cohen Hess at 390k, you know, maybe I would take that risk <laughs> under those circumstances. But generally, it looks pretty tough. He's a pod for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I, we'll talk about him a, a bit later, but I think one of your other options, the, the Raiders the Raiders hooker available at second row, is probably a better option than him around that same price. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess the final point on Cohen Hess as well that sticks out is that he's he's only done 43 points a game this year. Part of that's because he's lost a lot of minutes. Part of it's because he's been a bum. But the last two years in a row, he's scored 58 supercoach points a game. So it's it's, yeah. un, it's unlikely that he's going to be so low. I think the only thing going for him is his pod factor, but I think it's for a reason. His scores aren't going to change. Yep. No, he'll be a complete shot in the dark if someone thinks that he'll go over this week. Maybe go for it. I actually reckon that he might have a chance of getting some tries very shortly, but I'm not going to do it. It's a bit rich for my blood, even though I can see some upside. Um, the next guy we're going to talk about is Copley from the Titans. Very interesting one. Um, we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago and kind of dismissed him a little bit. Um, I was a little bit warmer on maybe keeping a watch on him, Billy, but he's now gone up to 464000 which is very expensive, but 0% owned at the moment, um, which means he's you know probably in like 100 teams or something. He's got a BE of minus 24. He's actually averaging 54 points per game this year, which is good as it is. But if you look at his 80-minute games on the wing, he's actually averaging 67 points per game. And that's across a seven-game sample size. So it's not like it's a small sample. He has scored five out of those seven games, but he's just one of those guys like Anthony Don that seems to get tries for the Titans. Three of his next four are at home, and they're against the Cows in the bye, uh, then the Broncos, Warriors, and Manly. So he's potentially a good platform for some points and a hundred grand by round sixteen if he keeps it up. Um, he is Dale Copley. He's not a great player, but I tell you what, if you just look at the numbers and forget about his name, he, he makes a bit of an argument to pay a bit of attention to him. Yeah, we um, I dismissed him last week when you brought him up. I think our old mate Chris Costin was one of the ones who um, brought his name up um, in a small thread. Um, dismissed that as well. But um, I went and had a look at his numbers um, earlier today after. After he, after his run last week, and from what everyone's been saying, I think even uh, I think Catfish and um, Big Fellow even mentioned him last week as a Moneyball pod. Um, he was a Moneyball pod for me early, but looking at the numbers this week, I can see why it's an option. Um, I think there's a better option. We'll talk about him later. But just looking at if you look at his seventh three quarter numbers, he averaged um, forty three at seventh three quarter in two thousand and eighteen. Um, in two thousand and seventeen. Uh, pretty much, pretty much the same. But in 2017, he actually had two games on the wing, 
and there was a 31 and a 69. So you can, if you go and compare that to his 2019 numbers, you can see that his line breaks, his, his um, hit-ups over eight metres and his tackle busts on the wing. They just... They go up immediately as soon as as soon as he throws that number five jersey on, and the, I think the numbers that you just threw up pretty much before um, an average of sixty seven on the wing this year with a try or a try assist every single week kind of shows your consistency. So um, as long as that trend continues and you get a try or a try assist out of him this week, I think he's a great option just because um, you can play him this week, you can play him the the, the next couple of weeks, or just just for that sort of Warriors and Manly game. And then sell him before um, the uh, the next buy. I think uh, him and that that two from two or whatever his name is from Penrith are probably both in the equal category. So if you're going to pick a seven three quarter, I think it's one of those two. Yeah, I, I actually I was actually looking at it and I was lamenting the fact that I got Croker in last week um, and Croker had been doing well. Um, and if you take the names away and just look at the numbers, like Dale Copley's done much better than what Croker has. Yeah, it really stings when you um when you you grab the big name guys, but it's actually some of these pods like Dale Copley that have done a lot better. Um, I reckon that you could you would you would agree that you could make a hundred k between now and round sixteen if he keeps it up. As, as long as yeah, if he keeps it up, of course, that's no brainer. It's like that uh, that cooking show. You know, if you cook well, we're going to do really well. <laughs> Well, I reckon he's going to... He's, in the next four games, he's got the Cows, the Broncos, the Warriors, and Manly. Two out of, two out of those four, he's got to score a try, and that's probably all he needs to keep it rolling because he's got 103 now in his rolling BE from last week against Manly. Yeah. Um, similarly, the the Panthers kid has the same same type of figure, so it um, just comes down to whether you like the Titans run or the Panthers run more and whether you can spare the extra 200k, whatever it is, to... Um, to get Copley knowing that you, you won't have that cash available for another upgrade for the, for, the next, for the next couple of weeks, but you will be able to get it back in three or four weeks. Yeah, he's he's expensive at 464k, and that's the main drawback. If he was 300k, he'd be straight in my side. If I hadn't, if I had four trades this week, really, I'd be using one of them to get Copley in. Yeah, same mate. He'd be my third. Or, he'd probably he'd be my third or fourth trade. Teammate Brimson, who I know that you are a massive fan of, um, just keeps on um, getting the number one job. So it was only meant to be short term that Michael Gordon was out for, um, but he's not named again this week. Um, and his you know official date was meant to be now around twelve. He was returning, and he hasn't been named, so he's gone again. Uh, obviously, rumours persist that maybe Gordon will get thrown on the wing, and, and Brimson will keep his fullback jersey. We've said all along, Billy, that Brimson has to be a fullback. You can't get him if he's in any other position. The last two weeks, he hasn't been the greatest at fullback with 58 and 27 points. Um, but he did play a game when Gordon went down from Jersey 14 with 77 minutes at fullback and managed a massive 87 and was absolutely scintillating. He comes in at 1% ownership and only 366k, so a full 100k less than what Dale Copley is. Only averaging 37 points per game, but that's because he's been in and out of the side um, and in and off the bench. I mean, at the moment, he's got a really good draw. He's got the Cowboys, and the Cowboys were the team that he put 87 points on in round eight from that 14 jumper in 77 minutes. He's then got the Broncos and then, obviously, the Warriors and Manly being the same draw as Copley has, obviously. So, good draw, um, 366k. Is he a cut price option if he keeps that fullback jersey the next few weeks? Uh, if he if he keeps that fullback jersey, then yeah, no problem. But there's no guarantee he's going to do that. And 
I think he just has to do too much to score those points. Um, that eighty-seven that you talked about, he had a um, a try with a lot, a try with two line breaks, uh, as well as a try assist. Um, so if he doesn't get that, that try, that line break, he, he's back down to sort of twenty odd score, which is exactly what you saw um, in that in that sec that second game where he was listed at the fullback, where he scored twenty-seven. Yeah. Uh, similar similarly in that last game versus Manly, he said oh, he only he only scored fifty-eight, but you know that, that fifty-eight was with um, a line break try as well. So you take that away, what does he score? Like Seventeen or something rather. So. Like you said before, that big word scintillating. He does look like that. Where he, he does look like that when he's playing at fullback. But I don't want to bank on a guy doing that. I think the re, the the reward of scoring a sort of uh, a sixty-five to eighty-five type score is way too great to hedge against potentially getting a twenty. So um, I'm going to lay him and say he's probably a, a fifth or sixth type of um, fifth or sixth string option um, if I had to choose between the pods this week. Yeah, I haven't been a big fan of Brimson in the past. Um, a lot of other people have. I think that he's definitely got the ability to to develop and get more consistency. But I tend to agree with you, Billy. Um, the only thing that makes me question my judgment a little bit is that draw. Um, I think I'm going to do what you did last week to me and say he's a great option for Moneyball this week. But <laughs> outside of Moneyball, um, I, I think you got to leave him. And I'd probably even rather just pay the extra 100 k for Copley if I was going to go there because I think he's got more consistency. Yeah, mate. I'm going to call these moneyball lads too and start giving them start giving us some coin for these plugs. Because it. that's about the fifth time we named it. Maybe if we start talking about some rivals or something, they'll um they'll, they'll come knocking. The, yeah, sounds good. The next guy on the list is Havili. So obviously Josh Hodgson broke his thumb on the weekend, which is fantastic news for those people like me that were just benching Josh Hodgson as an NPR NPR the last month, just waiting for round twelve to roll around. Not going to be playing round twelve, but uh, Havili will be, and Havili is only 1% owned, with good reason, he's been on the bench, but he's now 278k and starting at hooker, um, he scored 56 points on the in, on the weekend in 40 minutes, it didn't include a line break try though, the Raiders have named a young hooker in Starling on the bench, uh, so there is that to contend with, but even still, um, his two highest minutes outputs this year are 42 and 40 minutes, and he scored 52 and 56 points for those respectively. And even though Starling is named, he is a rookie hooker on the bench. So you'd still expect probably, I would guess, 50 to 55 minutes from Habili. Um And that could be anywhere between a 50 to even as high as a 60 average if he gets some tries in the next month. Um, so for me, Billy, he sort of... He could be an option depending on your team build. But, you know, any time that someone gets a new job... In a starting lineup and has like a month of security and doesn't have to wait three games to start getting their rises. I think you've got to do your due diligence and have a look at their numbers. Yeah, you do, mate. I think if he was playing a half decent number of games, like six or seven or eight, then yeah, it'd be a great option, um, especially if you only had to play him this week. Um, he's one of those. He's one of those guys. That if you look at his numbers below forty minutes, the guy's a freak. He just ha- seems to have a point per minute between. You know, one and one point eight. He just he just absolutely smashes it out the scoring. You know, so the twenty fives and thirties off sort of fifteen and twenty minutes. But something happens when he starts playing over fifty minutes. It's like the light switch just flicks and he just goes into idle mode. Um, maybe it's called uh, getting tired or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, it's definitely fitness. But um, games games over fifty minutes last year. There were one. 
there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There were ten games over fifty minutes last last year. Um, six of those were over seventy minutes, and he only averaged fifty three point six off sixty six minutes. So he massively regresses. I think the only thing going for him is that he's Hodgson's going to be out for a few weeks, so he's going to be the dominant hooker. Um, not likely to play eighty. He's going to have a little bit of an interchange, but I think that he's. If you if you needed an extra player this week and you wanted to get rid of someone like Farrow, I think he would be a great cash out, knowing that you could probably bank a quarter million bucks or something or other. Um, you could play him uh, there for sort of hopefully 55, 60 points or something or other, and then in three weeks from now, you, or, or you could even cash him out for someone in your second row. And he's also that jewel, so you could you could flick him down to second row when someone's. Um, from round twelve has, has matured, and and you want to you want to get you want to either hold, hold him for a little bit more cash making, or use him as an as an eject button or a platform for someone in the next buy in a few weeks. Yeah, he looks like he could be a, a decent um, downgrade if you had to do it. And Farah is a good example. I mean, uh, there there would be a lot of disgruntled Hodgson owners out there. Um, I'm probably going to hold Hodgson to trade to Cameron Smith, um, but. If you already owned Cameron Smith and Hodgson, and there is some of those teams out there that don't own Damian Cook, um, then I would almost be wanting just to see the back of Hodgson and um, just looking at cashing 100k in the bank, putting Havili in, potentially making another 100k out of it the next month, and then looking at it as a post-origin um, Havili to Cook. Um, that might that might end up working out, but. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a tough one. It depends on your team makeup, I guess, Billy. Yeah, true. Well, I'm really liking the big, the McKinnis ejection seat next week. He's he's been playing and scoring really well, so that would be only for um, not cook owners, but um, or even even cook owners looking for an out. Um, he's on eight hundred k, mate. He's going to drop some coin pretty soon, and if he gets rested and he plays in the sixty sixty five minutes next week, or just has a one off game in the next three weeks. Um, yeah, McKinnis might be a great out as well to you know cover your next round, your next buy, and then bring Cook back in when he's 100 grand, 200 grand cheaper. Yeah, that's true as well. There's a lot of different options. Um, I mean, you can get rid of Havili before round 16 rolls around, so you're going to get one, two, three, four rises out of him, um, and that four, those four rises will probably be enough to get you at least 100 grand. Um, so you might be trading him out at around 400k, and then um, also having your downgrade bank to play with as well. So. There is a few ways where it can work for you for round 16, but yeah, it's not a must-have at all. Um, just depends on your team. If he does score this week, he's going to do it as a pod, though, at least. Yeah, mate, I agree. Sorry, I was just looking at um, Cook's break-even when you, when you mentioned that. It's freakish. <laughs> it's freakish. The, the guy's 830k, and he's breaking not even 100 yet. Yeah, the good news with Cook is that over this origin period, um, he should play um, some reduced minutes, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure that Wayne Bennett will do that to him. So what we should see is because his price is so high, um, we should see it post-origin around round 17 or 18. He's um, he, he should have plummeted by then, hopefully. Um, and by plummeted, I mean he's already over 800k. Plummeted for Cook will be hopefully around 600k, which is still expensive. But you know, any Cook owners can still dream. I'm obviously going to be holding him, as I'm sure that you are as far as Cook goes. Yeah, mate, you're going nowhere. Obviously, one of the um, incumbent halves was Nathan Cleary from last year who got his job back, but the other incumbent half for the New South Wales Blues was James Maloney, and he has been dumped, so he's going to be playing for Penrith this weekend. 
Um, now, a lot of caveats with Maloney because he can put up some awful scores. Um, he's only averaged 49 points a game this year so far, and that's not really low because he also averaged 49 points a game last year. But we are looking at him as a bit of a short-term guy. Um, now, he's going to be playing against Manly at Pepper Stadium as the only dominant half on the field. He's 439k, and Billy, we've discussed previously, um, he's in the halves. There's pretty much not very many 5.8s or halves to choose from for this round 12 buy. And Maloney is the sort of guy that could put up some big numbers, and he's going to get the goal kicking because Nathan Cleary's out. So if you are just looking at short-term points, Nathan Cleary, oh, sorry, James Maloney might be an option. Um, but he's only 2% owned. The bad thing with him is he's got an 85 BE, so he's not going to shoot up in money the next week or two, uh, and certainly not very much by round 16, you'd think. But you raised uh, Maloney with me, and I didn't ever think about him, Billy. How do you see his prospects for the next couple of weeks? The only reason I raised him was because I was looking for value and a platform for the people in the top 100 or top 200 to try and move up. I just went to Maloney purely because he's playing at home. He's going to be the dominant half. But then I just went and had a look at his goal kicking and just came up with a stat that between round four and round 10 last year, um, that was obviously what the seven rounds that Cleary was out. So um, in the seven rounds last year when Cleary was out and when Maloney was kicking, he was averaging sort of 68. That included two tons of Cleary. You can see Maloney sort of elevates himself when he's when he's got that kicking. And that wasn't just any kicking either. That, there were some serious points. He, he was chucking sort of 20, 24 points in goal kicking, and, he's, and he does have manly. So keeping that in mind and the fact that he scored 181 once only a couple of years ago, um, if the bloke's going to turn up um, versus that, uh, left-hand attack or right-right-hand uh, mainly edge defence we were talking about before. That's the only reason I mentioned him. I think if, you, if you've got enough trades up your sleeve and you want to have one crack at a pod going ballistic or, get, or pushing you up the ranks, um, I think he's an option. Although um, um, you're probably only going to get a couple of games out of him. As soon as, as, soon as um, uh, Cleary comes back and starts kicking, I'd probably start kicking Maloney to the curb or just holding him up my sleeve in case Cleary gets rested or isn't kicking or gets injured. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, I probably couldn't go there myself, but when you raised him, I had a look at his numbers, and they're actually quite a lot better than what I thought that they were going to be for this year. The last two games, he's been really terrible. He had 37 and 30 points, but before that, he had 61, 66, and 58. And for the first eight games of the season, he actually averaged um, around 53 points, um, which considering how badly Panthers' attack was and how terrible they were going and the fact that it doesn't include kicking, uh, you know, it really isn't as bad as I thought. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that, particularly with all these missed tackles and penalties. So... He hasn't actually gone that bad, um, so I've got to give that to you. He's, he's a lot better than what I thought he was as an option. If you take uh, Cleary's goal kicking, he seems to be averaging those first eight games. Cleary had sort of eight points, eight points, none, eight points, 16 points, 16 points, 10 points in, in goals versus missed goals. So you can probably add, average that out to an extra sort of eight points he's, he's potentially going to get this week. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's gold because, you know, if he plays like he did the first eight rounds and you'd expect him to be pretty fired up and stuff, um, that's going to put him in the 60s for an average um, with the goal kicking. And, you know, maybe for a couple of weeks. One of the things that can happen is if Cleary's, um, you know, a bit tired from origin, maybe he doesn't get completely rested, but maybe they take the goal-kicking duties off him for another week or two. 
unfortunately, the Panthers play pretty late in the week after round 12. So they're the second last game, um, and they're on the Sunday. So it's not great because they're probably not going to rest him entirely. If you look at round 17, that's where it becomes interesting because round 17, the Panthers actually play the first game on the Friday. So if you were able to hold him for that month, um, he's probably going to have the goal kicking that game as well, and he's probably going to have Cleary rested that game, I would make a guess, because it's a Friday night, and he's playing the Gold Coast Titans at Panthers Stadium in round 17. Put it this way, mate. Brandon Elliott, George Tathor, Dylan Walker, Ruben Garrick, Abbas Miski, Cade Cust, Kane Elgie. Mate, if Mighty can't go big versus them, then he's not worth it. You can or ever buy him ever again. <laughs> yep. Well, that finishes off the pods very nicely. Um, so, guys, that's just some pod options. Um, they're pod options with either some form or opportunity from the past. Um, they've been all right, but, uh, yeah, all of them are pretty high-risk ones, so pick and choose wisely. Um, they're just some interesting ones to talk about, and it wouldn't surprise me if any of those guys we spoke about blow up or, or make some good coin over the next few weeks as a platform. But let's move on to the cheapies. Um, so there's probably there's a lot of cheapies this round, obviously, because um, a heap of guys have been named to debut. There's actually a lot of injuries combined with the guys that are out for Origin, which makes for a really interesting round, which is a nice way of saying it could be a really poor round of football. <laughs> but um, there's five guys that are coming up to either increase job security with multiple games and or um, making some cash. So they're probably the main rookies to focus on if you want a downgrade option somewhere. Um, and what I will say, Billy, as far as downgrades go, and I'm interested in your opinion on this, I've been caught out before where I've gone for the big-name gun player for round 12 um, for the first buy. Um, someone like Gutherson, for instance, could be for, for this round, who's a lot more expensive than, say, someone like um, Brian Tuo, who looked really good last week. And so many times in the buy, the guy that costs 300 grand less ends up scoring the same or more than what the more expensive guy does. So sometimes it does pay to have a look at the matchups and numbers and maybe take a calculated risk and bank some cash and, and maybe get one downgrade rather than two guns. Yeah, 100%. Although I tried that approach last year and got 20 off my uh, pod while um, uh, to power low, I went and scored 100 each. So I'm pretty, I think my entire... Um, round 13, by planned full 17 team, ended up scoring the same as someone else with 11 players. So it goes the other way as well. So be very careful with how many pods you get versus what type of guns you get in your team because quality over quantity will suffice in the end, but sometimes you can get away with it. Yeah, and a little sneaky trick as well. Have a look at who they're playing round 13 um, because um, you should be looking at the... the the round 12 and then the round 13 because you're going to have Origin guys that are rested and you're going to end up having to play some guys that you probably don't want to normally play. So that'll come into it as well. But let's talk about your mate Brian. Brian Tuo uh, played really well last week. He scored 54 points, um, had like 20 hit-ups, a whole heap of tackle breaks, and he generally just looked really good. I made the comment that he looked a little bit like a, a Matty Utai type of player. Um, he scored 24 points the week before, but... Even still, he's only a base player, so he's 168k. He's got a minus 19 BE, and he's coming up against Manly at home. Um, to me, he's probably one of my favourites out of the cheapies this week that are going to rise in cash after this game, Billy. Uh, mate, firstly, thanks for the lesson on how to pronounce his name. I can have a, 
Um, <laughs> uh, less verbals from Andre this week. Listening, shout out to you, Andre. Thanks for that correction every week. Twenty-one carries, mate. He actually had thirty-seven points and hit ups, and pretty much most of those were all um, uh, H eights. So ten points in uh, tackle bust. So he had five TBs. He had a forced dropout. Um, so he had no line breaks, no tries, just no tries for that 54. So I don't know whether it was the first game was stage fright or whether it was just the Sharks, but last week the kid absolutely beasted it, mate. So um, the fact that he's been there for two games now and it did that, I'd like to think that he's got a bit of job security. So I'm going to do something that I wasn't going to do. I'm probably going to potentially going to take a punt on him over, over to power. Um, yes, I know it's... Uh, bit of a potish type option and I'm scared of dropping 30 points onto power but I'm seriously considering considering off those numbers so I've got to do a little bit of a rewind here and I can't help myself if I have to do this five weeks ago on this very podcast I mentioned that I think that maybe I'm going to let to power go because his numbers haven't been that great so far and you said to me Barnsley you are crazy people did that last year and Tapao was a massive VC option, scored like 90 points, killed it. You're crazy if you go without Tapao. And now you've turned around, mate. In five weeks, I've got you to say you're going to get a rookie that's played two games over Tapao. That's only because I ranked 15,000 so I haven't got a hope in hell. <laughs> 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 I don't want to be going the other way. Yeah, I've caught myself a bit short here. I, I want to... Um... I want to get rid of um, what's his name, um, my uh, backup number seven. Um, but the only way to do it is, is to get a, a half, uh, either a seven three quarter or a half and a second rower. Um, so I was thinking about going the, cheap, the cheaper route with that, with those um, wingers numbers. But you're right, um, Marty's punching, punching up the sixties off sort of forty five minutes. So he's going to get an extra fifteen minutes. So you know for a fact he's going to score sort of eighty odd points this week. I'm uh, Probably just being a bit of a moron here. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, I'm hassling you a little bit about it because you, you you gave it to me five weeks ago, but um, I actually don't hate it. Um, I, I'm probably going to end up getting to power this week, but I don't hate it because people have to remember when you're saying this that there's a $380,000 difference between Marty Tapao and, and Brian Tuo. And if you're just looking at this week when Tapao's going to get those extra minutes, that... that you know, the weeks after that, he's not going to get the extra minutes. And realistically, between round sort of four to round 11, Tapao only had one standout game, and that was his 96 points where he got a line break try and, and five tackle breaks on that one run. If you look at the rest of it, he's got 54, 48, 53, 55, 56, 68, 63. They're solid scores, but, you know, you can get 50s from other players. So I, I don't actually think it's that bad at all. Um, I... I yeah, think... but he's he's gonna get he's gonna get sixty minutes, but mate. So if you if if I just put that in order for a second, just to put it in perspective, um, when he when he's played greater than fifty minutes, so he scored fifty four or fifty minutes, seventy one or fifty two minutes, sixty three or fifty three, seventy three or fifty five. So he's averaged sixty five minutes or fifty two minutes, and he's gonna uh, the last couple of years he's played fifty nine minutes when he, what's his name's away. So. I reckon he's going to be more of a 70-odd score. Yeah, probably this week. Um, but the weeks after, it's going to revert back to the norm. So it's a, it's also, think, like we say so often, Billy, it's also about what, what you're going to do with that money. If you can only afford to um, you know, upgrade one player and, and you've got to downgrade somewhere else to cash in bank, then you know, downgrading to 2-0 was probably the, the best downgrade out of the cheapies, I reckon. 
Yeah, yeah. If you got a downgrade, I think he's the best. Um, yeah, best of the champions, like you say. Um, I think maybe he might be your, your arrow out um, just just for now, or an option that you can play for a couple of weeks. But um, he's, I think he's going to go back to playing sort of sub sort of fifty minutes soon. I just don't know when. I just don't want to bank on it. But I think if you don't own this week, he's going to hurt you. Up. But maybe it's a gamble. You willing to? Some people might be willing to take. Yeah, for sure. Now, the other thing with him is that Dean Farre uh, has been ruled out, um, and that's for about a month of football, I think. Um, we've also got Wanga Blake, who's now out for 10 weeks. Tony Zelezniak um, has requested to be released. Um, he's trying to find another club, so he's another winger that's not going to be coming in. So his job security is extremely secure, and I'd be very surprised if he isn't playing many games down the track for the Panthers. Um, so that's a big tick. Um, he is a popular trade this week um, on Market Watch. He's doing really well. And Oakenboarder downgrading to him makes a lot of sense as well. But let's move on and t- chat about some of the other cheapies, Billy. Um, now, Bailey Simonson is another guy that's going to get a run this week um, on the wing for the Raiders. And with uh, the Raiders' injury woes, he's also got good job security. He's 199000 He has already played his, his few games. He's actually played five for the year. But he's got a minus 2 BE now because he just scored his first try of his NRL career on the weekend with a 51 score, which isn't great. But he's still got the minus BE. He's coming up against the Bulldogs, which he's got a decent shot of scoring against as well. Um, So he's another option. Um, And maybe if you prefer the Raiders run over the Panthers run, maybe you just go for him. Yeah, um, it depends on which um, team's run you you prefer rotations are going to be um, personal preference but yeah I think there's a couple of good options like that going around you just got to pick and choose the one that you want to stick to who would you prefer out of the two I mean I think the Raiders probably have a better run but they've got yeah. the worst player yeah. out of the two uh, yeah I just like the Raiders run so I'd probably go that route the other winger that we've got to talk about is Mawini Hiroti so he only scored 24 points on the weekend but the weekend before that he had 64 points he's 180k and he's coming up against Parramatta in round 12. I've actually got him behind um, both the other wingers, mainly because uh, Alex Johnson's due back in the next couple of weeks. Um, Braden Burns is probably due back next week. And with Herodi, that's he's only going to get his first price rise after this week. He does have a minus 25 BE, but I can see him losing his job and sitting there for you. And I actually am going to give your boys a bit of a rap, Billy. I think Parramatta is going to put it on the depleted South Sydney side this week. Yeah, I thought we'd put it on a few teams in the last few years too, but we haven't. Herodi's base has been 21 and 24 in the last couple of weeks. Um, even if you take, even so, if you take that try out, it's just it's just ugly numbers. I wouldn't want to bank on him, especially for what you just said too. Um, Parrot could show up, he could do nothing, and then you're stuck with a guy who scored you 20 odd points. And he's going to be out next week, so it's a no for me for him, big time. No, I agree. I think he's a little bit trappish. Now, moving out of the wingers, uh, we've got Cade Cust for the Manly Seagulls. He's played two games now, uh, 71 on the weekend, which was fantastic, a 29 the week before, which wasn't as good, but it all culminated for him to have a minus 41 BE coming into his third game. Rookie price at 168K. Playing the Panthers away, um, now they're, they're going to be without still their big stars and guns, but they've been doing pretty well without him. He did rip in last week a little bit. Um, wasn't afraid with the contact and the tackling and stuff. Played a bit above his weight in defence. He's someone that, I guess, if you owned Dylan Brown, 
he could be a, a different downgrade option to get a Cade Cust in over getting a winger that's maybe got um, potentially a lower score in them. Yeah, um, he was my other trade for this week. I'm, I'm finally cashing out CHT. Um, the thing I liked about him last week is that he threw in um, he had four line break assists and two try assists last week, so 20 tackles. Wait, that, those are some big numbers for a, a rookie in uh, only only second game. If he could, I know it was the Titans, uh, but if he can chuck up another game like that versus Panthers this week, surely surely coach has to sit down and think, you know, do I chuck um, him above Elgi when? Um, the ditch here in the halves, and if, and if that's the case, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of coin to make. Yeah, there's a lot of money there. Um, so I've actually said um, to a few people that I've chatted to that I'm I was going to go the two gun route this week. I was just going to get in two big guns, um, two expensive players, and just make sure I'm stacking my team. But the one person um, that's making me rethink that is this kid Kate Cust, um, and mainly because I'm a Dylan Brown owner. And he's got a minus 41 BE. Um, so out of the cheapies we're talking about, he's got the best negative BE. And aside from Panthers this week, he then goes on to play the Cowboys, uh, the Dragons and the Gold Coast before the round 16 buy. So when you're talking about the platform for a round 16 upgrade, minus 41 BE with that draw, he's actually making me rethink things as far as what I was going to do this week. I just keep coming back to if I end up getting him or the 2-0, Kid and they end up scoring, you know, sort of thirty points less than Tomalolo, Tomalolo, thirty points less than um, Power. Does the money that they make over the next, over the next sort of three or four weeks, allow you to offset those points in round seventeen by getting, you know, a couple of much heavier guns um, in and uh, getting two more distant forwards for the run home? So. I may be risking 30 points or 30, 40, even 50 points if, if they only score 30 points this week, but I'm pretty sure I can I, I can catch it back up. So that's the question that you want to ask yourself. If if you lose those points onto power this week, can you make it up? I think the answer is yes, but the only thing I'm unsure of is do I want to risk sort of Cade Cust sort of leaving the scenes uh, this, this week and only having the one price rise? Yeah, there's that, there's that risk as well. Um, and obviously, Daly Cherry Evans has been named in the Origin team, so he's coming back into the side. Um, so there is a chance that someone like Kane Elgie retains his spot and partners DC instead. So there's definite risk. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll mention is I did a bit of research on him, and um, the seems there are a lot of forums, and there was a lot of there was a there was a lot of calls in the last sort of um, um, twelve months to bring this kid up. He's been absolutely killing it, apparently, and there's a lot of people that back him as a future first grader that's going to stay at the distance. So, seems like there's a you know, bit a bit of a, a bit of a push for him to make his debut and sort of stay up there. So, I'm hoping that those four tries just weren't an anomaly and that, that, that he's just starting to show you know what what he's actually capable of. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to make a big call here. Um, I I don't think that. I'm not worried at all about what he's going to score. I think if he's playing first grade, he's going to go well. Um, I think that he's a really good player. So I, I reckon he's fine as long as he's playing. The concern is just going to be, I think that he's a lot better than what Kane Elgy is, but Des Hasler might not think that. Um, so it's a little bit of a tough one. He's the third most traded in player at the moment at 7.5%, just behind Brian Tuo at 9%. So you know, a lot of jumping on. Um, I reckon that he's he, if he had complete job security, he would be the best cheapie out of all the ones that we've spoken about. But because he doesn't, 
Uh, it's a little bit of a toss-up between maybe him or just go on the safer route of the Brian 2-0 at Penrith, getting um, better job security and, and getting him instead. Billy Britton has been spoken about at South uh, as a really, really good hooker. Um, and obviously he's behind Damian Cook, so he doesn't get his chances. But he's going to get his chance this week. He's 168k. He's also probably going to play round 13 because we're going to assume with South having the Friday game that Damien Cook will likely be rested by Wayne Bennett. And there's even a chance that that happens in the second buy as well. So you're probably going to get a few games out of him. But we're not doing this for the, the price rises. We're doing it because he could potentially be an 80-minute hooker. And along with that, he's also going to be one of those options where people like the strategy to get someone in that are going to get big minutes in the buys or when Damien Cook's rested then then disappear for other games so they can just be a loop option. Um, that's potentially going to be what, what Billy Britton will be. He shouldn't really come into the 17 uh, unless they've got injuries to Damien Cook or, or they're resting Cook. So he's an interesting one because a lot of people have downgraded their, um, their hooker option. Uh, and instead of paying 100k plus more for Havili and making money, uh, I guess some teams are thinking that they could just handcuff Cook, pay 100 grand less and and get Billy Britton to cover an 80-minute roll whenever Cook's out. Yeah, look, yeah, I think the only people that should really be buying him this week is pretty much no, no one. I reckon um, the only people that will want to play with are ones that probably started with Cook and him to start the season. I don't think he's... It's, I think it's too early to go for an out. There's too there's too many numbers you need to have for the next buy round. So um, I think you're I think you're a bit optimistic with how many games he's gonna he's gonna play. I reckon he might get two, but I think three might be a bit of a stretch. Or that yeah, I think three might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I guess it just gives the the security for Cook owners who um, if Cook's out, then you're gonna get Billy Britton playing big minutes. So it's a little bit of a handcuff option. I don't like it. Um, unless you started with him round one. So I could see the appeal round one, and I toyed with the idea of if I was going to play Cook for round one, I was going to have Billy Britton as my second hooker because I was going to have um, you know, just a, a cheap NPR there because I didn't want to spend a lot of money on that hooker spot. But trading him in now, you're going to have a massive problem because surely you're going to want Cameron Smith in round 16, and then if you've got Damian Cook in the other spot, Billy Britton really makes it tough for you, and you don't want to be traded out a 168k guy in round 16 yeah. to try and upgrade to Cam Smith. Yeah, so so just to go on to your point there, I, I think it's silly not having a backup option in that you can play a um, like a Cam Smith or a McInnes for the next buy round. However, like you were saying, if Cook if Cook is out, it does give you a starting option um, who's going to play some decent minutes. The other thing I was going to mention too is I think it is the perfect loop opportunity. So you could DC pretty much whoever you wanted, and if Cook you know just happened to be playing late or early on the weekend or whatever you, whatever you call it, given that they both play in exactly the same team, you could always you would always be able to switch um, um, Cook to uh, reserve and. Um, put the the dummy captaincy on um, uh, on on him within the same game without without having to worry about whether you actually have an, uh, an enough playing after your captain option, which was pretty much mostly going to be Cook anyway. I mean, I guess if you are going to go that route, they've only got um, two games for the rest of the year after you come out of Origin, where they play in the first couple of games. All the rest, they either play third or fourth game or they're actually like around the sixth game. So they do play later in the round. So it does give you 
um, a lot of VC opportunities, um, potentially, but I, I'm pretty against it. I, I think Cam Smith and, and Cook are the only investments that you should make in, at Hooker, and that's what you should be working towards. So, yeah, I'm not in favour of it, but anyone who started round one with him, then that's probably going to work out okay. Um, but let's let's move on, Billy. Those are our, um, our the cheapies, the main ones to talk about for this week as far as options go. Um, there's obviously a few more that are going to pop up that they're not going to change in price. Having a look at this week's games, really unfortunate that we've only got four games. So the start of the round is the Panthers versus Seagulls, and like I said, it wasn't just Origin that wreaked havoc. It was also all the injuries that we had. So Wanga Blake and Dean Fari are out for the Panthers with the first game long-term. They're replaced by Isaiah Yo, who comes back from injury, and Brent Naden, who's making his debut at centre. Uh, Maloney is back from suspension, directly replacing Cleary in the halves, and Campbell Gillard is starting in place of Tim Grant. For their opposition, the Seagulls, uh, there was a few rumours around that Tommy Turbo might make a return, but he hasn't, so he becomes a non-option for the buy. Um, Ruben Garrett misses centre, like you mentioned a bit earlier, because Brad Parker's out long-term with a broken jaw, which brings Miski back into the side. Uh, one to have a look at, Corey Waddell's actually starting for Jake Trebojevic, um, and Paseka moves onto the bench. So this is probably one of the better games of the round, Billy, um, as far as both teams being pretty evenly matched, I reckon. First off, VC and C options. First game of the round, so it's probably a, a VC-only type of option. Who are your main ones that you're looking at for this game? Uh, if I if I owned him, uh, Maloney would be one hell of a go. Um, other than that, it'd be just Marty Tapao. I think it's pretty obvious. Tapao and I think Tapao's the obvious one. Uh, left field, maybe a goal kicking Garrick. How about Billy Kickow? Our pod that we spoke about earlier. No, nah, nah. has to has to score two tries to be to be to be worth a look. I know, I know what you're going to say. It's a buy round. Probably only needs to score, you know, ninety odd to loop, but that's still two tries for him. Scored eighty eight with one try, not that long ago. Yeah, but you probably wouldn't lose that, would you? Well, I know it probably brings up a good point since we're talking about VCs for the first game. What would you look at looping? What would make you do it? A hundred, knowing that Tormalala, knowing that Tormalala was on Sunday. Yeah, I. I... I actually think that it might be 80s for me. Like, I could probably loop 88 um, in a buy round. I would not with Tom Lowell on Sunday, playing bigger minutes. Yeah, he's probably going to get 80 anyway, I guess. That's probably the only ones for this game that you'd talk about, though, I'd agree. Um, one of the guys from the Manly Seagulls on Market Watch, he's the number one trading player at the moment, and that's Dylan Walker with over 12% of coaches grabbing Dylan Walker. Um, he's gone pretty well the last couple of weeks, his first two games back. But still, he hasn't been going as well as what I thought he would. Um, he's averaging 50 still, but he scored one try in there for his average of 56 points a game. Coming up against Penrith, though, I guess the thinking, Billy, is that he could go well this week, and he's only 313k with a minus 3 BE, so he's definitely a decent option this week. I thought that a couple of years ago when he scored three or four tries and had a massive ton. I thought, I can get on that action. He did nothing for the rest of the year. Just kept throwing up 20s and 30s, mate. So um, I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head. Just then when you said, look, he's, he scored 54 on last week with a try. Um, I'm just going to stay clear of that, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'd rather pay the extra money and get like a, a Fergo or a Gutho and, and swing on those guys. 
They do have a good matchup though because the back line for Panthers has been completely depleted. Uh, the other guy on here that I thought was interesting um, with the teams that have been named is Corey Waddell starting at 13. If you own Corey Waddell, you would be absolutely elated with this team list. Yes. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, bloody hell. Here we go. The luck's kicking in again. But uh, I got I got kissed on the old fella with um, um, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Young being named at 13 as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's he should have a really good week this week with Dell. Um, he's got a 73 VE, so he looked like he was going to stop making money, but uh, he'll come close to hitting that, and he should start making cash again. So well done to anyone that got him in or started with him. Um, he he should give you a really good score this week. Um, Moneyball, uh, Moneyball, Moneyball. Uh, all over him in Moneyball. Um, but other than that, um, big call for this one, Billy. My big call is going to be that I do think that Billy Kickow will definitely score a try, and he's going to be looking at eighty plus points. I think it's a good call. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with the Maloney route. I reckon Maloney steps up this one, and Maloney scores more more than Kickow. Fair enough. Um, I actually think the Panthers will get home. I think they're on a bit of a run. Um, I reckon this might be a bit of a twenty-two eighteen close special. Yeah, I might go with you. I might, I might, might back the old, old pennies here, mate. I think Manly put on a few points, but my best sides are 24 points into my record. Ooh, big scoring game. I like it. Eels versus Rabbits on the Friday night at Bankwest Stadium. Blake Ferguson shifts back to the wing. He had an absolute horror run in the centres last week, just error after error. Michael Jennings is returning. He goes back in the centre. Somehow Kane Evans has resurrected his career and he's starting at prop. Um, and Tim Penner and Daniel Alvaro all got dropped um, to the reserves. Moriawa is returning and starting at 13, but the big news for the Panthers is that Mao slots in on the edge again. Um, so um, that's a big move. Um, probably guarantees him getting his 80 minutes, hopefully. For the Rabbitohs side of things, really Britain starts a hooker like we spoke about, replacing Damien Cook. Connor Tracy replaces Cody Walker. Adam Dewey uh, comes back after his ACL injury to replace Gagai and Junior Totola starts at lock for Cam Murray with Bailey Sirenen on the bench. So a huge amount of changes this week, obviously, Billy. But just going back to the last week with the Eels, Ferguson and uh, Gutherson were both pretty bad. And for a couple of weeks now, they, um, they haven't been scoring very well at all. Do you think that they're going to start firing against this Rabideau side this week in the buy round? I wouldn't bank on it. Um, I was going to say, Fer- Ferguson was out of position last week. I know he's played centre before, but he hasn't played there for a while. He's a, he's a finisher. Even when he was um, scoring uh, well well for the Eels, he wasn't really going that well super coach wise Like, he could score a couple tries and still only be sort of you know, 65-70 odds. So, um, although he's back on the wing and that's where he plays best, I, I, don't, I don't think he's an option this week. I think... Um, I would much prefer to pay the extra price for someone like Sivo, who just runs over the top of them. Gutherson surely couldn't get any worse. I reckon he comes back to another sort of 50 or 60 point game this week. But I think the um, the one, if you were, if you were going to be getting any eels in this week, I'd probably still go the Manu Manu Mal route, knowing that he's potentially he's potentially going to rotate through the middle again, even though he's named on on the edge to start. He'll either get 80 minutes on that edge, or he'll come in and spell Mal for a little bit, and they bring in the Corey or something rather, and, and him, him and sort of um, Lane sort of remain on the edges for a bit. So I think that's how the Eels will kind of lay out this week. I think Gutherson's going to have a return to form this week. I'm actually going to 
probably trade him in myself at 450k. Um, he's he's been remarkably consistent until the last few weeks, um, and he's only got you know three bad scores out of 11 games. So I'm pretty comfortable getting him in this week at 450k. He's pretty cheap, and I'm considering VC and Clint Gutherson, Billy. I reckon that he could score a try and maybe have a big score because I think the deals will go well. Yeah, I think they'll do better than they have been, especially with a, uh, a depleted Bunnies team, although still a pretty decent pack. When I mean, you've got both 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 Burgess brothers up front, you've got a rated rookie at nine there throw, just throwing the ball around. You've got um, Sutton, who's a ball player on one edge, Burgess, who's a ball player on the other, and Totola, who's a hard-hitting forward at lock, who's going to play some bigger minutes. So anyone that actually owns Totola, I'd be, I'd be pretty excited to have him as well. Yeah, Totola at lock's really good. Um, that's a... Um... That's a great move for guys that have held on to him. Um, just on Gutherson, though, he's got three games in the 90s at the moment um, for the year out of the 11 games he's played. And if you count his 88-plus, he's actually got four. So he's a, he's a decent shot. Um, I'm Second game of the round with Lolo playing afterwards, um, I'm probably going to go for the VC on Gutho. Aside from him, mate, is there any other eels that you're, that you're looking at that you're excited about? Because I will say as a pot option, I did think about Shawnee Lane. He's played well lately. He scored 67 points last week again. Surely he goes back to the right edge now. Mao doesn't play right edge. He only plays left. Yeah, I think that Lane's just going to be causing some havoc on either edge. He's um, He likes a try. And this this Rabideau side, just, I understand their forwards are looking pretty good, and I kind of agree with you there. But their back line, Corey Allen, Moini Hiratoi, Ethan Lowe, Adam Dewey, Campbell Graham and Connor Tracy outside Adam Reynolds. It's not a great back line that they got rolling up this week. But it's, I, I'm just thinking that the Eels could really roll them. Yeah, I know that. I just think that um, second rowers go a lot better attacking-wise when they play on the right edge. Yeah, I, I, I just prefer um, leaning on the right. And do you think that Fergo's going to bounce back? Uh, I know he's out of position last week, but his scores haven't been that fantastic. And a few guys... Uh, have been debating, you know, the Fergo versus Gutho trade-in, if you could only get one of them, which one you'd get for this week? Oh, I'd get Gutho by length straight, mate. I wouldn't even bother with Fergo. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Sebo running over for some tries this week. I reckon he gets there as well. But one thing that we should mention, it's not going to be all fantastic for the Eels. Um, they do lead in quite a few super coach points for opposing forwards. And Sam Burgess is obviously on the other side, and he does need some attack to... Score well, but the Eels are pretty conducive to that when you play against them. When you say opposing forwards, uh, you might need to, to clarify that. They're opposing 8 and 10. And I know I know he's just as likely to go over, but, mate, for, 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 some, for some reason, it's the 8 and the 10 that just go straight out the middle. Maybe that's the reason why all our forwards have been dropped, because they're just letting shit like that go through. <laughs> well, I don't think Kane Evans is going to help you out too much if they get a bit stronger in the middle, I've got to tell you. Well, there you go, everyone. First try score, each bird just put five bucks on each of them. <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to VC or see Sam or anything like that. Um, I think he's, he's gone down in form pretty badly. The last couple of weeks, he's barely been able to crack the 50-point mark. So not not great form, but I'm sure he'll play well against the Eels this week. But on this south side, geez, it's pretty barren. It's really Sam Burgess and no other real options or anything to get excited about. Yeah. Would you still throw a VC on Burgess? Look, I would have said yes um, a month ago, just with the side that they've named. You know how well I think the Eels are going to go over at Bankwest Stadium. I just, 
I, I do think it might be a bit too much of a waste with Sam's form at well, the moment. Well, you saw how well they went against the uh, the um, the chocolate soldiers last week. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, you could do it. Yeah, I, I just I just think that you want more upside. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned, that I'll probably end up going Gutherson. I just think that there's so much upside that Gutherson could get a double, um, could get some try assists in there as well. You know, you want a guy that can easily ton up if it's a big game for their team. Um, and I just I, I don't think Burgess is going to get close to a ton. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so score predictions, Billy. What's going to happen? How much are Eels going to do the rabbits by? Uh, probably by eight in the first half, and then they'll they'll lose it. Well, I'm going to make a big call. I reckon the Eels run rampant and go 18 plus winners. Moving on to the next game, Bulldogs versus Raiders. Um, now the Bulldogs don't have a huge amount of changes. Ogden gets to start in place of Napo, who's out for Origin. Roma Fatala Mariner returns on the inter- interchange, and Adam Elliott is in the reserves with Chris Smith. Still starting at 13, and Reese Martin, team jumper. Uh, for the Raiders, they've got Nick Cottrick out for Origin, and Jack Whiten, and Josh Papali. So quite a few changes for them. They've got a rookie starting at centre that's going to be irrelevant for now. Uh, big Corey Horsburgh is starting at prop for Papali. Uh, obviously, Hodgson's out for Havili, which we spoke about. Tapiti comes in, but the big news is that Hudson Young gets shifted to lock and Ryan Sutton gets benched, which I was quite surprised about. And we have to watch out for John Bateman because he's been named in the reserves and he's back in Australia from the UK. First things first, Billy, the Bulldogs. Let's get them out of the way. The big thing that I was looking at is with Adam Elliott hanging around in those extended benches and uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner back, is there a chance that... Um, that Reese Martin just gets dropped altogether from the 14 jumper and just breaks everybody's hearts for the buy. Oh, I hope not, mate. I, uh, I really want to get that extra 20 points that uh, Pay's trying to screw me out of. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that Pay started doing as well is, unfortunately, CHN barely got to 50 minutes last week. Um, he lost a lot of minutes. So he looks like not anywhere near his good option this week. Just, it's terrible. Oh, mate, he, he was sitting on pretty much... Um, 50-odd 50 50 points before he got yanked, so it was absolutely filthy about that. But name is a break spot. That's what Pay's doing, so it's a shame that you got two two premium premium guys in premium positions splitting minutes. It's, it's not ideal to have you know, 600 or 500 or 600K guys getting 40 minutes. So I hope they step up this week because neither, neither of them are getting a run uh, next week or the week after or the week after. They're just going to have to sit on, sit on the bench until such time as Pay pulls his hair out of his ass. Well, CHN had five offloads in his 49 minutes last week, so he was absolutely yeah. tearing it up. Oh, mate, he was beasting it. That's why I was filthy. I've said to you before, look, he, was, he, he became pretty much a keeper for me at centre wing when I traded him in. Luckily, I did it quite a long time ago, so I got really good value from his 420k that he started at, but uh, I've I've completely reversed that. If Pay's going to pay him 49 minutes again this week, um, in the next fortnight I'll be selling him, and I'm just thankful that I can probably cash him out for 600k. Yeah, fair enough. Hudson Young has um, you know gone from having to worry about Joseph Tapani, who ended up taking that um, edge jumper, to getting thrown back at lock rather than the bench. Which how good is Super Coach sometimes, mate? I actually cheered a little bit at the gym when I saw the team list drop. Oh, it's exactly what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? You know, um, the, the kid's going to make exactly the same amount as money as Papin Hughes over over the, over the next three weeks, and now that he's named at lock, um, he will. Yeah, um, it's it's fantastic. He's um, he's going to be a great upgrade for around sixteen 
for someone in that buy round. Joseph Tappan is starting. He's um, interesting for down the track if he gets his old form back, maybe for the run home. Um, but as far as C's and VCs go in this one, um, I don't see too many options, mate, and I'm probably going to steer clear of, of using either of those on this one. Yeah, same. You could do a, a sneaky croak or a clockstad, uh, uh, nickel clockstad, but I don't, I don't think CNK has a big enough score. I think Croker could be due one of his sort of one thirty type scores. He would be about he would be about the only person I would potentially be seeing there, um, unless for some reason Martin comes in with with a late call up. But given what Pay was doing rotation wise, I'd be scared crapless he'd be going off after forty minutes. So realistically, I think. Uh, Croker's probably the only VC option if you know, if you own him. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Um, I'm just real deflated from last week because um, Croker was terrible, but maybe he picks it back up again for this week. He is against the Dogs, so um, I do think he's a bit of a premium centre-wing option for this week. Goal-kicking against the Dogs, they should put on some points still, even if they're a little bit depleted. Um, but tell us all about your new favourite player, Billy, the big redhead that's got the start at prop for the Raiders, Corey Horsburgh. Yeah, he was. I was excited, but it's only because I got the the lineups wrong, mate. The um, he'll he'll, he'll play the um. He's got a great PPM, um, but he'll uh, he'll play the one game, then go straight back to the bench, mate. So he's not really an option. I think you know that. Yeah, I mean, having said that, like last week he still got um forty three minutes, and the week before that he got thirty seven and thirty five. So he's quietly earned himself more minutes the last few weeks, um, and that's meant that it's, he's got a three-round average of 47. He scored 61 points last week in 43 minutes, and 59 points of that was pure base. He's a goer, and he's 293k with a 2BE. I couldn't do it, but I tell you what, if he hadn't, um, if he had been rookie priced, I reckon he would have been a mint trade-in at the moment, because he's been really peaking at the right time for this buy and for the next few weeks for him to earn more minutes, I reckon. Just going back to the money ball thing again, I think um, Hornsborough, Hudson, serious, serious uh, cheap-ass cheap options for that for that game this week, mate. Do you want to make some money? Yeah, I agree with you. So the biggest news out of this game, John Bateman, do you think that he's going to come back in? Uh, the mere fact that he's listed that he's back in the country, they must think he's an option, otherwise they wouldn't have even thrown it up. Yeah, I just I don't know if he's going to um, be able to recover in time. I, I hope he doesn't because I don't want anything to happen to this um, Hudson Young's game time. Yeah, I, I don't think he will. But the question is, um, and somebody raised this today, if you had the money and you didn't care about cash, Bateman's a late inclusion. Would you use one of his tra- one of your trades just to get him straight back in? Well, only if you're starting. Um, I don't want to play a guy like that for some sixty minutes, but. If cash wasn't the money, I didn't give a crap about break even. I'd chuck him in for sure. Like he's he's yeah, one of, he's the staple bloke for your centre three quarter, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's been great. He does have 106 B. I'd wait, but I mean it could be the pod move just to get him in and get the points now. Um, but he probably scores sort of 75 this week anyway. You know he lose the 15, 20 grand. Yeah, it's true. You're not gonna you're not gonna get any much cheaper if he goes on a bit of a run straight away, but. We'll see. We'll be watching with bated breath, especially those that have actually held him and have him there as an extra number. They'd be really keen. I reckon the dogs are going to win this one. Doggies, bro. I reckon reckon they're going to win at ANZ Stadium. I just think that the the Raiders look so depleted, but it could be a a free-for-all 30-28 to type scoreline. Raiders look depleted, mate, but realistically it's just probably one one big forward, I reckon, uh, 
especially if Bateman comes back. You know, White, Whitehead, Tappany, uh, Dunamis, Louis, like, those guys go all right. Yeah, true. Um, let's move on to the last game of the round, Titans versus Cows. Uh, this one, we've got an unchanged 17 for the Titans, the only side with no changes. The Cowboys have Cohen Hess returning from his groin injury last week, starting on the edge where he got 80 minutes the week before last. Clifford replaces Morgan. Um, Bolton's replacing Matt Scott. And Mitchell Dunn goes from back row to centre to replace Justin O'Neill, who's out long term, with a ruptured spleen. Uh, Corey Jensen comes onto the bench, but is largely irrelevant for Supercoach. So, last game of the round, Billy. I reckon it's probably the one of the worst games of the round, if not the worst. Um, I can't even look forward to Arrow with the Titans. Um, I guess I'm just going to have to look forward to Jason Tamalolo getting 120 points as a last round captaincy option that probably 50% of coaches are going to be on. Yeah, I think everyone's on the same, mate. And you'd be crazy to think of another pod. Just just because if if he does squeeze 80 or 90 or 100, then you'll, you could have some of the 17 players and everyone else has got you know, 12, 13 pretty much catches you because you were, you were too stupid chasing the extra points. Yeah, one of the things with Tom Alolo, um, it, it shows how important that your VC is going to be for this round and to really try and hit someone that might score some tries and be VC worthy because it, if everyone's going to um, captain Jason Tomalolo, you want to try and hit on your VC so you don't go along with the crowd and you get yourself a guaranteed bigger score, and that's a way that's going to move up. One of the things that's disappointing for this round is that the amount of um, good quality C options isn't there, so everyone's probably going to go vanilla, which is make, going to make it harder for for guys like you and me that want to chase and, and get it up in the ranks. Yeah, I think I prefer Fidel this week, just for the C, but um, I really hope the VC smashes it out. If you don't own Jason Tomalolo playing in a buy round against the Titans, then he's got to be your first trade in this week, 100% for this round. Yeah, mate, for sure. Uh, so really nothing else exciting on this one. Um, I'm going to make the big call, Billy, that Cohen Hess is going to go for a try and he's going to score 75-plus I have to disagree with it. I think he showed nothing that's going to work anywhere near that. Um, uh, I'm just trying to pick a pod inside the, um, the the Titans team, but I can't really sort of see one that's just sticking its head right out. Dale Copley uh, for a double? Yeah, Copley's about the only one that I was... I wouldn't chuck a, a captaincy on him, but he would be the only person I'd be considering buying in that team. So how do you think this game's going to go? Some somewhere somewhere between somewhere between ten and twenty two points each. I think it's not going to be massive, not going to be low. I think each will get a, each will get a bit. Yeah, I reckon the Titans are going to roll on from what they did last week, uh, and I'm I'm going to tip them for the win. But I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. Pretty disappointing round of football these by rounds, mate. Yeah, let's hope Lolo goes over for one. All right, well that'll do it for this week, Billy. Um, good luck in the buy round, mate. Hopefully you nail your VC, so you don't have to go with the crowd on on Tom Lola. Yeah, cheers, mate. You too, buddy. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, you can download us, listen, as always, on iTunes or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Give us a share around and everything as well. Hopefully, you all plan for the buys, but if you haven't, make sure you get the big guns in for this week at least and know your VC and C. Like always, good luck, and we'll chat to you again next week.